0: For respect in my city, I'm working all for respect. Yeah. You think you got it, I got it for real. You you got what I got? Uh. This one for those they forget in my city. This one for those they forget. Yeah. This dog of the leash and ready to kill.
2: Ah, yes, what's good everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Veterans Minimum. It's the preview show. NFC AFC title Games. This weekend, my guy A double L E N in the building. Falcons up, new head coach, new GM, new era. Let's go. We got uh, Arthur Smith,
3: the as my boy Chuck would say, the real-life King of the Hill character. You just look at Arthur Smith, he looks like someone just popped out of a bar on King of the Hill. And then Terry Fanon, coming back from the Saints, who uh, said his son's favorite player is Julio Jones. So people thinking that Julio might get traded, I don't know. Uh, can't disrupt the kids.
2: Mm. Yeah, you can't. You can't. You got to keep the kids happy, especially when you're at a new place right now. And we'll we'll get into that in a little bit, but man uh we were talking a little bit before we started recording and i have a little bit of a i guess a promo or a rant that i need to get off my chest mm-hmm. and um how long have you been doing podcasts
3: well i'm not gonna say consistently consistently it was from 2013 to 2017 stepped away for a bit uh still did appearances
2: here and there but not until 2019 i started doing it consistently again yeah, between like coming on here and then some of the other yeah, stuff you were doing. Exactly. Yeah. Well, you know the the, the app Clubhouse, right? I think yeah. I, I sent yeah, you yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. It. Um, man, it's a great platform. It showcases a lot of things. But I think there is a big mistake that is being done in the world of podcasting. From several conversations that I've heard, whether on Clubhouse, whether on meetings and interactions with different companies and... Even ones that I've had with people that have reached out to me. There's over 1.5 million podcasts on Apple right now. That's only Apple, bro. Like, Rogan isn't on Apple anymore. He's a Spotify Spotify exclusive. Um, Why am I blanking on the rapper's name? Who's the rapper that had the podcast? Joe Budden. Joe Budden was a Spotify exclusive only. People are starting podcasts every single day. And immediately, they want to make money. And I think that's a mistake. That's why people get discouraged. That's why people stop their shows. You know of the 1.5 million podcasts on Apple Allen, over 400,000 of them haven't done more than 20 shows. Man. So you're talking about a like, huge number. That's what is that? Give or take 30 percent, 40 percent ish. Yeah, right? So why does that happen? Because they go into this thing. And immediately they think that they're going to start making money. I listen to some of these conversations, whether it's on Clubhouse and, again, some of the meetings that I have. And it's just like, man, you know, I don't. I want to get to a point, Alan, with the show where we can have conversations and we can reach a bigger audience. Right. Like, ultimately, that's the big goal. Right. But it's to also not mislead people because. That can't be your approach when you're doing a podcast unless, unless, and as it was funny because as we were having this conversation, you literally said what I tweeted out about being signed to a big network or a company. Right.
3: You have something that's backing you fully that you're getting, you know, weekly promotion, you got sponsors. You know, once you get that structure, you, know, you kind of, all you, then you have to really worry about is just content and just booking guests you don't have to worry about the whole marketing side of it because people underestimate how big the marketing side of this is yeah and yo
2: i want them to look at us right. as the example right like dude even when i started doing vm in 2015 and then i had my own podcast on my like i had a wrestling podcast at jerks I had generation bets and bro even when we started vm and the fan base was brought in from joe Who had like influence and had his own thing. The numbers weren't the same as the ones that he was doing on his brand. Because he was established and he already had Mm -hmm. his thing going on. So even if you have influence. Even if you have pull. That don't mean that those numbers are going to cross over. Mm -hmm. Right? Like we didn't make any money until about 2018. And... That's 3 years later, bro. And to be honest with you, that was cuz we started a Patreon page. Right. So we technically weren't making money salary compensation wise. Right. It was all donations from fans. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you got incentives, you got extra shit and all that. Mm-hmm. Like so there was a little bit of an exchange. It was an equal exchange. We gave you some extra shit, mm-hmm. you got you gave us some money, yeah. right? But bro, we didn't make a single dollar off of that. And it was hard to market it then because sports is such a oversaturated market mm-hmm. and it's like you have to be willing to build it from the ground up so when i hear people come in to some of those clubhouses or if i i hear people who i'm i'm sitting in meetings with some folks and it's like man you're giving out wrong information you know what i mean like even even with vm bro we're we're with blue wire and now it's a part of a company and i don't have that worry about getting ads and all Mm -hmm. that shit and it's like yeah they're backing me and they're fucking amazing just re-upped with them for another uh for another year but it's like when you're an independent bro you gotta be patient with it you Mm -hmm. gotta take your time it's not gonna happen overnight right like i got lucky where i had the patreon when the show split up and I had the Patreon, so there was some money coming in to buy some cameras, buy some mics and shit and lights. And then Blue Wire came in a little bit after. Mm. So it's like, oh, you, it's going back to what you said about a company or a network backing you. Yeah. People understand it's a huge process
3: it's not just a matter of oh we're going to do three four episodes and immediately blow up it's like no you have to be able to attract an audience you got to give people a reason why they should invest 45 minutes hour and a half however long it may be why they should do that uh whatever type of topic you're hitting on whatever sorts of content you're putting out i just don't think that's what they understand it's like it takes a lot of a process you can't just get on a mic and speak for 45 minutes and expect you know, everyone to just absolutely adore your work. It's like no, it's it's a build-up process. You actually have to strategically plan everything before actually going through with it. So I can understand your frustration, and you because you just you just think with all the resources out there, people should be more informed. They shouldn't be delusional.
2: And what you're seeing based on this conversation, there's a lot of delusion. A lot of delusion. A lot of misleading information. A lot of trying to scam people into. Right. Uh, Podcasting one hundred and one starter kits and shit like that, and then you're paying them <laughs> what, a fee. When's the book coming out? Podcasting for Dummies. <laughs> shit, we should start writing on that one. But dude, I'm not, I have not. I've i been I've been blessed enough to have interactions with influencers and with some athletes. Uh-huh. Like after I finish recording them with them, and they'll ask about the podcasting space and whatnot. Yeah. And you know, I don't I don't think too high of myself, right? Like I, I I'm a, everyone's their own. Harshest critic. Absolutely. Right. Like everyone's overcritical of themselves. But, you know, I, I've had people reach out to me and they're like, man, you got to stop thinking the way you do because, like, you have over, th- you have thousands of episodes recording. Like, this is your octagon, this mm-hmm. is your domain. And the reason why I bring that up, man, is because you have no idea how many athletes, influencers, star podcasts I've interacted with them and they get offended when they hear my numbers. Because I don't have hundreds of thousands of followers, Mm -hmm. but it's like, it's no different from when you're working out, bro. Like if you go to the gym once every two weeks, you ain't going to get no results. No. It's like, you really got to fucking buckle down Mm -hmm. and go to work. And I don't, I don't get mad at them because they just don't know. You know what I mean? Like they don't know the whole process and. They're uneducated. They're uneducated. We live, we live in this era now where like the follower count is everything, but. Mm from people that i spoke to they're impressed with how well the show does Mm -hmm. and my following isn't bigger Mm -hmm. it's like it doesn't correlate Mm -hmm. so i don't know how to justify that but you know it's just something where i think it's it's very misleading man and a lot of people have reached out to me about like podcasts and and advice and tips and it's like yo bro when i do a podcast alan i mean you know this i've told you this all the time i fucking love doing these Mm -hmm. i look forward to you pulling up i'm like it's a conversation Alan and I would have. I mean, you came over on Saturday, Sorry, yeah. and we were just chilling. You were like, yo, I wish you had a camera on you when I was talking about Antonio Pierce. Oh, that play. <laughs> just this one tackle,
3: MC Championship. So I still want to say it's one tackle. It was a huge play, game-changing. And it was just back in 2008. Yep. And, man... I just wish you had the camera because you were just so animated. You were just so excited to talk about this, and like, it's just cool because obviously with the Giants you know, not taking shots at them, but you haven't been able to like that. Just excitement we haven't really seen that much of over the past what four years. So to see you relive that, and you just you just had the breakdown perfectly there. Like you still remembered it almost thirteen years later
2: because you asked me about who like my favorite. Oh, it was about Strahan. Strahan right. was on the TV, and you're like, "Yo, where's Strahan?" I was like, "He's like, I'm not." You, you said I've never asked you this. Where's yeah. Strahan on like your favorite You He's everywhere giants. now. <laughs> right, right. And I was, and I told you, I was like, he never really resonated with me because I really got into football, bro, around 2003, 2004, where I was able to understand things. Like mm-hmm. I knew what play action was and yeah. shit, which I
3: find a little surprising. He didn't retire until 2008. Yeah, he didn't yeah.
2: retire until they won the Super Bowl. That was yeah. his last game. But I really grew up with Tuck and Emanuella. Right, like right. those are my guys. Then JPP came and in. JPP came came about. So. I told you, I was like, dude, you know who I loved? Antonio Pierce. And then you're like... Big thumper. You're like, yo, big thumper. How did Washington let go of him? And then you're like, yo, do you remember the play against the Packers? And then yeah, that's yeah. when I just sat up. But man, that's, it was in the first half of that game, dude. It was a screen pass, and he just broke two blockers. There was no one in front. Who knows how that would have went about. But I I just want to wrap up with this little rant, and uh, thank you for allowing me to, to, to shoot from the hip, as the wrestlers would say. But... <laughs> I just think I just think it's not it's not cool, man. It's not cool to be to be lying to people like that because it, it takes it takes a long time, and there's constantly going to be growth. There's constantly going to be uh, new hills, trends, new trends that you got to capitalize on. And you know, I've seen it with the sh- with the studio, man. Getting this new studio space, so many more people have gravitated to the show and are interested in it, and the engagement is up. And it's like because it's being looked at and taken more seriously. Exactly. So, yeah, there's, uh, there's my TED Talk, folks. There you go. <laughs> I wonder what the time is. <laughs> what uh, what do you want to talk about? What coach do you want to talk about? Let's start off with your coach, man. A little coaching hire news. Man, Arthur Smith,
3: I think a lot of teams were after him. I know the Eagles were after him. I believe the Chargers were. And maybe I'm missing out on that. I, I think he's got interviews. But uh, Philadelphia and L.A. were definitely after him. But same with the Falcons. and And I think this is... I want to give people an idea of just how the hiring process works because I think people have a tendency of overreacting over a one bad playoff game. Like, we've seen it with Kevin Stefanski last year, almost saw it with Kyle Shannon a couple years ago after the Super Bowl collapse, and now Arthur Smith where people are like, oh, his stock's going to be down because of one bad performance. I'm like, these organizations look at your whole body of work. Yeah, the magnitude of a playoff game is big, and yeah, if you don't look good on it, sorry, people, you're going to have to take criticism for it. But people, like these organizations, presidents, you know, main executives, they're looking at your whole body of work, two years of work, whatever it may be. That's why when the Browns hired Kevin Stefanski, I was like, okay, they kind of know what they're doing. Yeah, he's come off a bad game against the Niners where the Vikings just got completely overwhelmed. But give him a chance. And I think with Arthur Smith, I I think I saw a little too much criticism. Like, dude, the Ravens are one of the most well-organized, one of the most most talented defense in the league. It's not like he just fell apart against some sludge defense. So – um, I just saw a little criticism, but for the most part, I've been really big on Arthur Smith. Uh, he's had two years of excellent work. I think he really rejuvenated at Titans offense that was kind of real stagnant, uh, even with LaFleur. And then just, I think Mariota obviously held him back a little bit. But you just look at the red zone efficiency. They were second last year, first this year. You know, Derek Henry had like 48 uh, yards per game before Arthur Smith came in, when Arthur Smith came in. He had 114. And I know Henry got more touches, and they kind of moved away from giving the ball to Deion Lewis once Arthur Smith came in. Yuck. But yeah. But Arthur, but like I think Henry's yards per carry went from like 4.4 to 5.3. Like Arthur Smith did some great things schematically over there. So I am thrilled about the move. I think other than Bienemy and maybe Brian Dable, I think Arthur Smith was the best candidate out there. So I'm thrilled about the move. I'm looking forward to see what they do, especially given the little bit of uncertainty with Matt Ryan. So... Uh, big thumbs up for me, and I, um, I think the NFC South just gets even more interesting now because you got Sean Paynes going to be there, Bruce Arians we know him, and you know Matt Rule did some great work with Carolina in a really tough situation. So, you know NFC South you got four real good offensive minds. So just when the NFC South couldn't get more interesting, I think it just got interesting.
2: Isn't it crazy that Matt Rule? Everyone wants to find the next Matt Rule, but they lost like nine games in a row. It's yeah, like they, I think started they, they off, knew,
3: but people knew Carolina was play right, for them. right,
2: right. I just find it funny that they start off, I think, either two and two or three and two, mm-hmm. and then no one thought that they were going to do well, and then they lose eight games in a row, right? And it's like we still love Matt
3: Rule. Think about this they got four players go over a thousand yards. You look at Anderson, Moore, Samuel, and Mike Davis, like, and I think. Bridgewater is a backup quarterback at this point. I think he's mm. Very limited. So for them and that defense lost so many players over the past yeah, I think once Keekly retired, you just seen players fall off after that. So no, I think Matt is damn good. It's just it's it's a two or three year process. You know, I think if they were in the NFC East, they probably would have won the division.
1: Hmm.
2: Yeah. Interesting. Yeah,
3: like like if you put Ron Rivera in another division, and you
2: know, I love Ron Rivera, but you put him in any other division in the NFC, that team's winning four games. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I was talking about that with Boss on Monday. Boss was back on the show, and we talked about the Giants and Joe Judge. It's Mm -hmm. like, yo, in the end of the day, they won six games. Right. It just so happened that they had a chance to the playoffs because, like, there's still a lot of work to do. Yeah, they built respectability back, which is what you wanted to see. Yeah. Let's talk about the other New York team, man. Robert Sala. Let's talk about respectability. I think that's what is the
3: whole criteria behind that higher. I think. They wanted someone that was kind of more of a CEO figure after the whole Gates debacle and the top bowls never really being that commanding presence. I think they really just wanted someone that was well respected and someone that is just kind of like a player's coach. And I haven't heard a bad word said about Robert Sala. He was adored in San Francisco. So uh, I know there's questions about his Scheme, like kind of being from that cover three where I think a lot of offense corners have figured them out. But I think there's enough to be encouraged about, and I just think the Jets are in a position, kind of like the Giants last year, where they just need to build credibility back because that franchise has been damaged for quite
2: some time. Yeah, you know it's a pretty good spot to be in if you're Robert Sala. Like you got a lot of draft capital. You have a, a GM who consensus people like
3: forward thinking. I Lamb's trade. Right. Yeah. He got a lot of love after that July. Yeah. yeah.
2: I feel as if Salah is an amazing coordinator slash Robin. I don't know. I'm a little hesitant about him being a head coach. It's an unknown. But he just strikes me as a Pat Shermer type, where if Pat Shermer is your offensive coordinator, you can have some success. I don't know if... If I had to make a bet, I think the Jets get a new head coach in three years. Damn. Poor Jeff fans. like again. Vance, yeah, yeah. <laughs> again. <laughs> now look, things things might change if they land Watson, yeah. if they get the quarterback right, then uh, that all goes out the window if yeah. you hit on that. But I'm talking about right, right now, with all things considered yeah. and what we know, I would just, you know, pump the brakes a little bit on that one. Though he though I do I, I want to say this. Is it crazy to say that he did a better job this year coaching the defense than last year? No, last
3: year they were the best
2: defense. I man. know, but if you factor in the the, the idea talent. that they
3: had like nine guys on IR. and Yeah, and they, they were decent defensively, but I thought last year they just took over It was over special. Yeah, you're they right. They took over. You yeah. look at the playoffs, Minnesota-Green Bay. Yeah, they ran over them, but they also harassed those QBs.
2: Bro, and even Kansas City, they kind of kept them in check, man. I thought it, it, just was, so I thought it was
3: Mahomes' worst game, at least that uh, I've fully watched. You know, Kansas City fans might pick out some random game, but for me, high-profile-wise... Mahomes' worst game was at that Super Bowl. Okay. Jaguars get Urban Meyer. I'm skeptical. I don't watch a lot of college, but I've not heard too many good things.
2: The one thing I will say is everywhere this guy goes, there is like some fuckery around him. Jacksonville. <laughs> well, think about it. He he's, he's back close by to where he was with the Gators, no? Yeah, like, it's close. Like, yeah, yeah. Relatively. Um yo when he used to be at Florida, bro, if you look at the cast of characters that he had, this is one of my stronger takes that I had. And and one of my buddies went to Florida and he's like, Yo, you're right. It, it a lot of the fuckery was covered up because Tebow was there mm-hmm. and he was such a godlike figure, like legit, like yeah, they he treated like it, a god, right? Won the Heisman and all that, and just like, you know, in the South, they're very religious mm-hmm. and shit. And they had the Pouncey brothers. Riley Cooper, Percy Harvin, they had Janoris Jenkins who had transferred out, they had uh, people stealing laptops, they had sexual assault cases, they had domestic violence, they had like a lot of shit, but no one cared... Because they were winning 12 games a year, right. and Tebow was there to be the, the Band-Aid on that huge-ass wound. He was a big Band-Aid. A massive. <laughs> no, he was, uh, he was like Saran wrap, That's what he was. So, look, I don't know what to make of this. Um, I think it came out of nowhere. It was mad random. Like, you've heard about um, Lincoln Riley from Oklahoma. He was the big one last year. You've heard about, like, always those rumors of, like, Sabin, but he ain't going anywhere. But not so much for the Jaguars' right. job. Just eventually, eventually, like a dude from college going to Brian Kelly at Notre Dame right. is a is a hot name that comes up. But man, Urban Meyer, like, mm, cool. I guess yeah.
3: I look at Jacksonville and Detroit as the most questionable hires. Like you see, Eric Bieniemy, Brian Dable, to me were two of the best candidates out there, and the fact that neither of them have head coaching jobs, you know, at least not yet, is. Pretty shocking to me. Like to me, the Detroit. It's hard to review. Like I don't know anything about Dan Campbell. I think I remember him in Man 2002. Yeah,
2: wasn't Dan Campbell that like?
3: I remember him being a blocking tight end for mm. like the Cardinals or something. And look, I know the Saints are a great organization. They have a lot of good coaches there, and I know you need to clean things up. But that's just a hire that I don't know. I don't know how anyone, unless you covered in New Orleans Saints beat, could have a real reaction to it because. He's a positions coach. And at Detroit, I know they have a lot of cleaning up to do there, but I just look at them and it's like you're really going the kind of hard nose route again. Like you try doing that with Patricia. You try doing that with Caldwell. It's like, don't you want like something more creative? Like why not Dable? Why not be Like to me, I think that's pro- – like I want great hires, but to me that's the one like why. Mm-hmm. I just don't get it. But I don't know, Lions, they, they're not known for really – Building enthusiasm within their fan base, you know, they just build a lot of chaos. You
2: think they draft another running back with us in the second oh. round again <laughs> and then give AP 20 carries a game? Yeah. Holy, I shit. love DeAndre Swift, man. Please, God almighty! <laughs> oh my god, poor, poor Stafford.
3: Stafford gotta go, man. I want him to go to Indy or New England or San Fran. Anything, Dude, I, I need San Fran. Like, look, Jimmy G, he's just not it, man. Get Shannon, somebody that can at least throw the ball
2: consistently, or someone that can move. Yeah. Jimmy G, a second round pick for Matthew Stafford. You get Jimmy G in Detroit with a lot of former expatriates over there. so oh, the I see. If Patricia was there. It would yeah, totally Patricia Would have been better. <laughs> uh, but... they would have given a first round. Oh, yeah, easily. And, and and the rights to the fucking <laughs> to, to the stadium. To any, Jimmy any, anything with the Patriots, but uh... Uh, what do you think of Brandon Staley? I know you, you've been on the bandwagon for him. I I'm think still one surprised. of the first people.
3: Yeah, I'm still surprised given that no one knew who he was six months ago, unless hmm. you knew the Rams or covered the Rams. But look, what he's done, you definitely can't dispute it. But it's just you worry about the experience, only really one year as a coordinator. And it, I think people are kind of getting tired of the whole, man, look, McVeigh, one of his buddies, got another head coaching job. I think people are a little sick and tired of Sean McVeigh, even though McVeigh's phenomenal coach. Like, can't get enough of McVeigh. But, oh man, I really wanted to see Dayball there. Just seeing what Josh Allen's been doing this year and just how he's developed and just how they just did. To me, Buffalo, other than Kansas City, is the most aggressive offensive team in the league. Just the way they take vertical shots, the way they really. Function. Oh, they
2: handed the ball off seven times last week, I think it was. <laughs> it's
3: amazing, man. Like I, All passing. Right. So I really wanted to see Herbert and Dayball together or even be enemy. Uh, who knows? But, um,. Look, Staley, I'm sure he's gonna do a good job. Maybe he could help Derwin James stay on the field. I would really love that. And look, Chargers always have talent. It's just a matter of their guys stay on the field and them just managing games properly. But you know, there's never been no one's ever doubted the Chargers' talent. It's more coming from a situational management and coaching standpoint. And, you know, even Staley lacks experiences. You know, I'm generally curious who they're gonna hire as offense coordinator. I think that's the one team you wanna see who they hire. I don't know who it will be, but if they get that right, uh, it's. Just, I think we'll finally see the year where the charges live up to that August hype because you know every year that charges hype in August. Oh, we we start getting excited. Oh, we always start looking at that roster, and then by October it's like,
2: oh wow, they're out of the playoff hunt already. If you can get the right guy to be the OC and in, in Brandon Staley, what he should do is what McVeigh was doing. Remember when McVeigh had Wade Phillips and all the reports used to come out and all those special mm-hmm. pieces would come out of. Right. McVeigh never worried about the defense. He yeah. just let him control everything. And when the offense was on the sideline, he wouldn't even watch the games. He'd just be talking to the offense. Who's, I think, that, who's out there? That's the question. I, like,
3: like Gary Kubiak's retiring. Like, who's that old offensive mind?
2: Nah, man. Get some young buck in there, bro. All right, someone, all right, we'll see. Yeah.
3: Maybe Doug Peterson. I don't know if he wants to take an offensive coordinator job.
2: He might have to. You could wait a year like Mike McCarthy did. Yeah, that's yeah. true. But but you have a guy like Justin Herbert, and I think it's very important if you're the Chargers that you don't fuck that up. Mm-hmm. And they got a lot of – I mean, we've been talking about the Chargers' defense for years now, like mm-hmm. so much talent that they Burr. have. And they have the luxury of not having to pay Justin Herbert yet, and I think that's very important now. Like kind of like the Staley signing, but I do think we got to wait and see what the offensive coordinator is going to be in order for us to really validate this hiring. Well said.
3: And we still got two left. Houston, it's just, just chaos there. <laughs> I don't know who's taking that job. But uh, at this point, just to soothe the relationship of Watson, they should just get the enemy in there at all costs. And the Eagles, oh, man. The, just the Josh McDaniels Wrong. I don't get that. I just, I if I'm running a team, I don't want Josh McDaniels. I'm just, I'm over it. I think what he did is beyond indefensible to the Colts and I just don't understand first off his run in Denver was not good it was a disaster he alienated Cutler in his prime and brand marshall he literally went to Denver I was like yeah two of their biggest names nah don't need them and look what happened
2: yeah, it's so weird. I never I never understood the hype with Josh McDaniels.
3: Well, they're consistent, the Patriots, and look, like the Belichick. Yeah, but how team, much yeah. of that is yeah, I get fucking that. the quarterback that was right, there? Right, right, It's It's kind of like Adam Gase and Peyton Manning. Yeah, right? Like Adam
2: Gase is this hot offensive <laughs> mind because that one year where you had the fucking top three greatest quarterbacks of all time. And that
3: receiving core was legendary when you talk about Thomas, Decker, Sanders, you know, uh, young Julius Thomas, too. Red Zone Monster.
2: Yo, you know, one of my worst sports takes ever was... I said I wouldn't draft any wide receiver from Denver in fantasy because there was too many mouths to feed.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Speed, and yeah,
2: all four that. of them scored double-digit touchdowns. <laughs>
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that was the year it's like, okay, no, offenses are taking over the league. Like, yeah. yeah. We got to look at that. Oh, what a uh, take. Yeah. By the way, we have to mention this. Um, Seattle fans, you know, let's just, we're praying for you, man. Uh, I know it's a tough time. Adam Gase being linked to the offense coordinator job. I just, oh, uh, if, if, if I had, if if. If i fair team that was rooting, you know, if I had a favorite team that was interested in Adam Gase, I would be very alarmed. Not to mention you got Jamal Adams there who I'm sure is in cabo right now, seen that tweet and just uh his head's in the sand or something because oh man, if Adam Gase gets an offensive coordinator job after this year, like I have no hope
2: for anything. Yeah, I don't even wanna entertain that. <laughs> Fuck that. That's that's a yeah. nightmare. But what, what
3: do you think about the Eagles though? Uh
2: I think the biggest issue with the Eagles is what they're going to do at quarterback with Wentz. I think that's the biggest thing that's uh, the biggest weight on that franchise. I wonder if they're scaring teams away by saying they think Wentz could be uh,
3: revived. Because I think people are... like I read this article, salute to uh, Jeff McLean at the Philadelphia Inquirer. Great piece. Uh, just Just the destruction of Philadelphia. And it just... Wentz came out of that the worst. A lot of sources said Wentz does not take criticism well. He made a lot of excuses kind of just when it came to like missing wide receivers, he would just talk about the pass rush was affecting him or he couldn't see. It just seemed like the the organization really really coddled Wentz and there was no accountability for his bad play until Doug Pierce had no point. So I wonder if these coaches just watching Wentz that were like kind of shying away from them and be like, ah, I don't want anything to do with this guy. You know, that's why – they mentioned like Indianapolis, will they take one since like nah, Frank Reich's not that big of a fan. So Philadelphia, it's, it's an ugly job. Like I could see them hiring. They're going to be forced into hiring either Josh McDaniels or some random coordinator, like a guy, like Brian Dable, he might just wait another year. It's like, I'm with Josh Allen right now. What do I have to rush? Mm-hmm. I'll see what's going on next Very year.
2: similar to what we were talking about with the enemy bro. Like why? He's been waiting for a bit now. Though. That's true. I feel bad That's for true. Him. I don't know what, the thing, especially
3: when you read more quotes from like what Andy Reed's been saying about him. Like, and I, my heart goes out to him, man. He really deserves it.
2: That he deserves it was never up for debate. Yeah, like that was never my stance. Right. My whole take was, and maybe we see that with Brian Dabo now. Is I kind of like where I'm at. Mm-hmm. My team's gonna win 12 to 13 games, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna be playing well into January. Right. And I might win more championships. And the biggest thing about it is. Yo, how many times have you seen coordinators in the past? They have that one year, and then they don't capitalize on it, and then they disappear from like head coaching ranks. Right. Keep so like, point. if you're BNME, if you're Dable, you're just saying to yourself, I'm good. As long as number 15 and number 17 mm-hmm. don't go down, right. everybody's going to want me. And there's always five, six new jobs available. I would just be frustrated if I was BNME, because he's interviewed with
3: a lot of teams over the past two years. Dable is new, and I think he understands you know, the whole process, but I can understand why BN has been frustrated. And, and remember these guys are in a position where they're coaching in late January into February and some teams aren't patient. So that's another thing that's kind of working against them. Cause some of these teams are just going to hire somebody. Like they might not wait for the interview process, you know, to be complete. Cause like if you're coaching the Super Bowl, you can join a team till it's over till you're eliminated. Mm-hmm. So that could not be another thing. It's kind of, I don't know the whole coaching process. Like, I think it should get changed up a little bit, but
2: I don't know what's the solution. All right. Let me ask you one thing before we get into the breakdown of the two championship games. Mm-hmm. Very hot topic. Mr. Drew Brees. Oh, man. I think
3: I had too much fun Sunday night. Dude, Twitter was. I said, whenever the Saints get eliminated, it's a big party. It's just a party. Falcons Twitter loves it. <laughs> I think I think majority of them felt that like fans do not like the Saints. They come off as really? very arrogant organized. Yes, Michael Thomas plays a big part in that. The Cameron Jordan, who I love, I love Cameron Jordan, but he opens his mouth. They don't like Lattimore either. It's just, and look, I think things are still with Bounty Gate. That's not a good look. And Sean Payne does come off as arrogant. I just don't think there's many other than Alvin Kamara. I don't think there's many too appealing things about the Saints.
2: Hmm. Yeah. Interesting.
3: Come on, you 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 don't like Michael Thomas? Like, come on, like like I don't Thomas. like
2: I don't like Michael Thomas the wide receiver. <laughs> yeah, that's I think fair. he's he's a good player. Like I like a, him. he's he's a good player. He's yeah. a very good player, but he don't do it for me at wide receiver, he, he, bro. He, Slant boy, he's tall. Jarvis Landry. That's it. Wow, wow, yeah, he is with with way more target market share, <laughs> way bigger contract too. Yeah, uh, but but I agree with you, man. Yeah. I just think I just think with the with the Saints and with Drew Brees. He's been shot for a couple of years. I've been saying this since like 2018.
3: I, I would say like the latter part of 2018. Like, I remember there was a game on Monday night against Carolina. Carolina was like on a five game losing streak. I thought the Saints were going to win like 38 to seven, and they won like 13 to eight, nine or something. Like, it was an ugly game. And like the second half of the year, I was like, ooh, Breeze. Like, I don't know if it, age is getting to him, but he does not look good. And then the playoffs, like, he didn't play that great against Philly was fortunate to go through and then the rams game like i thought it was a big reason why they didn't beat the rams all right the refs screwed him over but it's like that offense didn't perform well and then last year he got injured still wasn't great and then this year i think it just you see it like he can't push the ball downfield at all and if he tries throwing the ball downfield it's more like more likely than not it's gonna get picked off
2: yeah he just his entire game has become sort of alex smith checkdowns and i just think that he hasn't been a good quarterback for I think he's been living off the fact that his name is Drew Brees. Mm -hmm. He's an iconic quarterback. We're not debating that. Like, I think both things can be true. I think you can be one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, and you could be shot for the last three years. Mm -hmm. And I think all signs point to him not coming back. Another report came out right before the game with Jake Glazer that it was at least going to be his last game in the Superdome. But I just think that if you're the Saints man, you can't run it back with him. No. You can't. You've gone all in the last couple of years. Remember, if you go back – They got that lineman that they traded up for. Remember, they gave up the first round pick. Was it Cesar Ruiz or Eric McCoy? No, oh Marcus Davenport. Davenport, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was Davenport. And now, like you got some guys whose contracts are coming up in their cap situation. The the cap situation is rough. So I just think you've seen the last of Breeze, man. And honestly, it's not surprising. And it's hard, right? When you're the I forgot what coach said. It. It was an NBA coach who said that the hardest thing that you could do in sports is coaching the superstar that is no longer a superstar. Mm-hmm. And that's what you got with Drew Brees.
3: Yeah, I thought it was just very reminiscent of Payne Manning to 2015. Only difference is Payne Manning had a historic defense. The Saints had a very good defense.
2: Yeah. yeah. They also have way better weapons than Denver. That's true. Collectively?
3: Right. I think definitely. It's just Payne more. couldn't hit him. Like Payne was legit shot. Yeah. Like it was bad. That's like a good comparison. Yeah, but look, salute to Brees. I still think Brees... I know he went out bad but you and I don't I obviously think he should retire, but you know, he wasn't a toll liability. Like one thing I appreciate about Drew Brees' entire career is just how good he is at feeling out pressure. Like he is able to escape uh pass pressures without even being all that mobile. Like he just has a good feel for the pocket. And I think that's something you saw, especially against the Bears, which which I think is a big reason why they were able to win that game besides the fact that the Bears offensively are absolutely hopeless. But uh you know, Drew Brees is a legend. What more can you say? First battle Hall of, of Famer, one of the most consistent quarterbacks ever. Like you gotta give your, you gotta salute him. It's just it's unfortunate that because the Saints have won forty nine games the last four seasons and they didn't go one Super Bowl. And three of those losses in the playoffs were at home, and the other one was obviously the Minneapolis Miracle. So like you can't even blame the cold weather for them getting eliminated. Like they've lost all and pretty much all of them have either been. In the most spectacular ways possible, or where they just kind of fell apart themselves. Like, they compl- like they were co- pretty competitive the first three quarters. Mm-hmm. And then, once the breeze hit, the pressure was on him. You just saw it. Like, that one to Devin White was just atrocious. Yeah. I don't know what he was seeing. And then he tried forcing the cook on the out and up. It's just, man.
2: It, it you don't got the arm to do that, bro. You can't no. be trying that. That's yeah, it was unfortunate thing. to yeah. see that happen. Yeah. But uh, Saints 2021 you
3: saw it right there that 50 yard bomb Shame on baby you, you, you know it man. I want to see I want to see Sean I just want to see what like alright all right, he botched it with Bruce Arians, but I want to see Sean Payton just try to put something together with him see what's one year what can he do with James Woodson? I just think it would be the funnest experiment yo that would be hysterical like that would be really hysterical I feel like after Jameis throws like his 10th pick in October they're just gonna put
2: Taysom Hill yeah <laughs> All right, we got a new sponsor and yo, I'm not even trying to exaggerate. I'm so happy that this is a sponsor. If you guys listen to the Patreon betting exclusives, you guys know I mention the Action Network every single time that we're doing the bets. That's why I archive my picks. I'm a big fan of this website. I know some folks over there. It is super duper poppin'. And I love it. And that wasn't part of the ad read. So hopefully I don't get in trouble. I just want you guys to know that this shit is so fire. And I use it all the time. The members of the Patreon can vouch that we reference it. It archives all our picks, the whole nine. So listen up, folks. The Super Bowl is coming up. And sure, we'll be watching the game. But the best way to celebrate the biggest day in football is to bet on the game. Duh. And we want to let you know about a great resource for sports bettors. The Action Network. The Action Network is where sports fans go bet smarter and experience real financial gains. In fact, their Action Network app was recently named the best app in sports betting. And with an Action Network Pro subscription, you can unlock the very best of the app. When you sign up for an Action Network Pro subscription, you, number one, can access the Pro Report, which includes Expert projections for every game across all the professional leagues. You can see money and bet percentages on every single game so you can see what teams professional gamblers are betting on and who the Joes are on. You can take advantage of the pro systems, which match winning historical betting trends with the latest games and lines. And you can track every bet you make and get alerts in real time. That's what I use. So we can always reference like, yo, how good was my record in 2018, 19, and then this past season? You know what I'm saying? So if you're looking to bet smarter, an Action Network Pro subscription is the best way to get started. For a limited time, our listeners can receive 50% off an annual Pro subscription. Just go to ActionNetwork.com now and receive a 50% off annual subscription when you use the code vm baby custom code brother brother this offer won't last so go to actionnetwork.com to sign up for a pro subscription and use the promo code vm to receive a 50% off bonus and start betting smarter today all right we're back alan i asked this question to boss my answer has already been answered uh, given i should say but uh i want to get your thoughts on this one and if you guys haven't checked that out boss was back on the podcast on monday go and uh it was good it was good. a lot of ufc talk too but um i asked him this question and i want your thoughts from a storyline media day two-week build-up perspective which is the most appealing super bowl matchup of the four for you packer she's well, he- hesitation really yeah, I
3: don't think it's close. Okay. I know there could be buzz with Bucks Chiefs, because Mahomes, Brady. You know, had, it'll be a rematch, too, in a game where Tyreek Hill, I thought was about to break the single game receiving yards record. He just went ballistic in that game. Yeah, 200 but, yards in the first quarter. Well, I just think, look, the two best quarterbacks this year have been Rodgers and Mahomes. I think it would be just cool to see Rodgers back there. You know, It's kind of a big redemption story considering people are writing him off. You know, just the Packers look to be in, like, a weird spot as an organization. And, you know, the Chiefs, everyone knows them. They're the most explosive offense in the league. High-powered, you know, all the super relatives you mention. I think Packers-Chiefs is just the ultimate matchup of offense you want to watch. And, look, Buffalo's super entertaining, and Tampa has the star power. But nothing comes close to Green
2: Bay, Kansas City for me. <coughs> so, I said, I said Bills-Bucks. All right, that's that's out there for the single reason being buffalo's hype they get to the super bowl they finally win the division no longer gotta play brady and then who's waiting for them at the big dance tom fucking brady that, that's a that's a good story line. <laughs> that'd be fire yeah i could see vince writing sun <laughs> like that that would be a vince <laughs> one uh let's talk about the nfc title game we got the bucks and the packers i have a hot take you know what the best draft pick in the first round in 2020 was. Okay, I know you're going with this. Oh, it,
3: it should be Tristan Wurfs, technically. Well, it could be the best right tackle in the league right now. Yeah, it could be, but it's yeah. not.
2: It's Jordan Love. Okay, whatever. Jordan Love going over there. Little fucking fire up Rogers's asshole, and he's just been on fire, man. I wish just them drafting
3: chase claypool and michael mm. Pittman jr could have just helped lit him up yeah like, just give him another weapon so because you were talking about this on saturday like imagine Aaron rogers had another receiver not
2: named Devontae Adams that could catch the ball consistently bro i i, I swear from watching them and i, and I text Terran, and shout to tara and he should have had 60 touchdowns this year if anyone could catch the ball that wasn't adams oh, man. so many and even even on uh that opening drive he says catch the damn ball when they settle for a field goal against right. the Rams. Guys can't catch the ball over there besides Adams. Wish they invested
3: in you receiver. Keep saying that they did, and Devin Funches, which, oh, boy. I, Devin Funches probably would have added, like, six
2: drops. Oh, yeah, he would have <laughs> added to that total without a doubt. Dude, what do you think about this matchup, man? Because I think it's very interesting because if I'm the Packers, I'm a little worried about this offense coming into Lambeau. Because, first of all, you have a quarterback who is built in the the cold. Like, the cold is not going to affect Brady. He knows the cold. He's one of the greatest cold-weather quarterbacks, on top of him being the greatest quarterback of all time. But that defense in Green Bay, man, I think is a little suspect. They could go after him with the pass rush, but, yeah, the secondary.
3: Outside of Jerry Alexander and Adrian Amos, there's holes there. We know we talked about Kevin King. Kevin King gets targeted quite a bit. And Tampa Bay, even without Antonio Brown, they have more than the firepower. How, one of the biggest plays last weekend, I thought, individual just in terms of how impressive it was brady's back shoulder to tyler johnson at third down yeah like aikman lost it but i think everyone watched it, had to lose their minds it was such an impressive catch and tyler johnson has shown flashes this year it's just that receiver depth chart is crazy because obviously we know about godwin evans and scotty miller has a good rapport with brady but tyler johnson and if he gets opportunities he could make plays and I'm still waiting for that Gronk moment. Like, Gronk literally has one catch in two games in the playoffs. Like, at some point, you know Gronk's going to pop up. Whether well, it's in I'll the red zone or down the seam. Like, Gronk's got to do something. So, yeah, there's definitely a lot to be concerned about. But if there's one thing I'm encouraged about with Green Bay is their front four looks nasty. And I think they could pose a serious threat. You know, they're, They have this sub-package where they put Darius Smith inside. They'll put Rashawn Gary as edge rusher. And then the other side you have uh, Kenny Clark. The inside and then Preston Smith so you got both Smiths but then you have Kenny Clark the big nose tackle and then there's Rashawn Gary who has been a huge revelation for them I think that front four even though Tampa Bay has like three all pros on the offense line like like both trench both sides of the trenches I think there's so many good matches in this game and because Green Bay quietly I know Aaron Rodgers Aaron Rodgers Aaron Donald was injured last week he clearly was ineffective but that Green Bay O-line did serious work on the Rams so I think when you know, look at the trenches in this game, I know it's not the most appealing thing out there, but there is a lot of good stuff there, and I think it's very even where
2: both teams could do serious damage. Isn't it crazy that for years we wanted a Pats-Packers Bucks Super uh, Packs, Pats, Packers Super Bowl, right, the never, 12s, and now you yeah. get in the NFC title game. Right, because it kind of should have happened when
3: 2010-2011 season when Rodgers had that crazy run, and fortunately. Rex Ryan got the Pats that one time.
2: (laughs) Well, that and then the year after it should have happened too. The Pats were the one seed and then the the Giants got (laughs) after. Damn. Try to tell them, man. They didn't want to listen. And then I think there's been a couple of times too. Maybe. um, What was the year when um, obviously Brandon Boss took a non side? I think, yeah. That was
3: 2014. And New England made it. They played the Seahawks. So it should have been Patriots packers if the onslaught went right so yeah we or, we've or kinda,
2: even even with the falcons right didn't you guys you guys beat them in the yeah, nfc title that game game was over by the third quarter though yeah you're right, uh, you're
3: right i'm talking about games where they,
2: they had the a chance it. yeah 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 so
3: no you're right we kind of missed out on that hey we're getting it now
2: first time the nfc title game for rogers is in Lambeau. lambo something, moment for something you pointed out yeah. which i love um first one in his career yeah. yo 0 oh, three in his last three conference championship games is Mr. Rogers. So it's Seattle, Atlanta, and San Fran. Mm-hmm. I feel like he's on
3: the receiving end of. Uh, to me, the Atlanta and San Fran games, I don't know how you could blame Rogers because those the de- those defenses got torched. Yeah, you talk about San Fran on the ground; they ran for what 240 yards, and that amazing Falcons offense with you know, Ryan Julio Shannon. Like, I don't, I don't think Rogers had much of a chance in those two games. The Seattle, and then the Seattle game was just just the most ridiculous thing imaginable do
2: you know how turned on i was on that first that drag route to julio in that game oh my god and i saw you tweeting about it you're like how dare anyone say that michael thomas is the best you receiver know, in that Sunday night
3: someone should have took my phone away i was oh, getting a little too excited but um
2: mount saint julio I, I, I think yeah this game phenomenal
3: matchup in so many different ways i'm curious about how both these teams try to run the ball because i think Fournette has been a huge surprise uh, first but off oh.
2: I, I think the way they use him is a
3: surprise. Like yeah, he's James good. White, basically, yeah, right? It's pretty crazy. much. And Fortnite has terrible hands, but look, I think especially against New Orleans, like Brady was struggling to throw outside numbers, and New Orleans has a top secondary. Like they got players that could cover. So I'm interested to see maybe now you could hit Evans and Godwin if AB's healthy, like to get them involved. Because I think New Orleans has a better defense than Green Bay. There's much debate on that, but. Look, Fournette, he's making things happen. He's seeing holes. He's got a couple of spin moves. And then Ron Jones also made some things happen. And I think the one thing you notice with Green Bay, teams could run on them. You know, the Rams had a huge amount of success. Other teams have had success. So, uh, who knows? Maybe they'll have more of a balanced attack. I know we all talk about Brady and these receivers. But I think Bruce Aarons definitely has somewhat of a commitment to the run.
2: I wonder what they try to do with Adams. Because it came out that Michael Thomas was hurt. Also, he's having surgery on both his mm-hmm. both his, his feet, and that's the big dog right now, man. Yeah, Devonte,
3: and Tampa Bay is a team that they play a lot of zone. So I'm not sure. Like Carlton Davis did a great job, Michael Thomas, but we all know De- Devonte Adams is a whole another different different breed right yeah. now. The way he's playing.
2: Do you do you factor in what happened in their first meeting this year, or is that one of those games where like it was a, an, an anomaly? Yeah, I think it was a bit of
3: an anomaly because I, I think Green Bay hadn't quite hit their stride yet. And we thought Tampa Bay was like this dominant team. I think we kind of realized Tampa Bay is not quite that team. They have their
2: flaws and yeah. Green Bay wasn't as bad as exactly. what you saw them
3: be. So, no, nah, like, of course you remember it, but... Like, like, Tampa Bay's defense has, I think, not severely, but they've definitely dipped since then. Because I thought that was, like, the peak. Because I thought at one point the Bucks had the best defense league. And I, thought I remember we were
2: the, talking about that. Yeah, yeah.
3: And then they just, they really dipped the second half of the season. And I still think there's issues in that secondary where they could be got at. Where are you leaning for this game? Got go Green Bay. I just think. We didn't even mention it, but their running game as well, that three-headed monster. Like, I know A.J. Dillon, no one knows his health stats yet, but still with it. Jones and Williams. Like, Aaron Jones, man, he looked great against the Rams. Yeah. You want to talk about how hard it is it? Like, the the fact that they had, I think it was 492 total yards on the Rams' defense, I think that just shows you, like, this offense is bulletproof. They could go after any defense. It doesn't really matter, the matchup. And, you know, we haven't really talked about him enough, but Matt LaFleur salute to that, man. Like, what he's done with that team. And you don't hear much fanfare about him, but... Look, you can't knock the resume. 27-6, regular season. Already has two playoff wins under his belt.
2: Have you heard of this trend of uh, the Washington Disciples?
3: Well, yeah. You mention almost every time I see you. Well, yo,
2: McVay (laughs) Super Bowl 2018. Right. shanahan 2019 lafleur wins he's right. a three straight
3: charger fans like brandon Staley. he might be a defensive coach <laughs> but we're, we're <laughs> going to though
2: yeah i talked to if you <laughs> or ever, bangle fans if all you want to get if you want to get josh pissed be like yo bro how'd you have all three of them in your locker room and you let them all go i feel like you can
3: mention about 30 different things about washington and josh that's a Baker. fact <laughs> that's a
2: that's a super fact yeah i'm gonna go with green bay as well man i think that it's I think it's just it's just Rogers' year. I, I'm really starting to believe that. I think the way he's playing, and the way they're flowing, and the play calls that Lafleur is making to open things up, like yeah, we were talking about it all last week, man. Mm-hmm. What, what was Ramsey? He was a non-factor all right. with, with Adams. The way they were motioning him around and they were putting him in the slot where Ramsey mm-hmm. doesn't travel into the slot, it was just food for Adams. And I love that one play call. We both got hyped where. It was the first touchdown of the game. Oh, Motion on the right side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Motion him like halfway behind Rodgers. Yeah. Ramsey gets blocked by Can't his own teammates. That's, that's just food right, right there. So I'm going with Green Bay right. well. I am curious.
3: Packers, they, their offense line deserves huge curve for what they did last week. But, you know, once again, losing Bakhtiari, I still think that's a huge loss. I think Bakhtiari is arguably the best left tackle in the league. And whether it's Pierre Paul or Shaq Barrett, that's a matchup to look for. Yeah.
2: Okay, the next game. Bills Mafia versus the Chiefs. Both of these games, Allen, are three point favorites for the home team. And I think, I believe both games will have fans. Yes, Lambo Lambeau had some fans. Arrowhead's been having fans <laughs> yeah, all year. Yeah, they've had <laughs> fans all year. So, what do you, how do you feel about this one, man? Do you think the Bills could pull the upset or what? Oh, they definitely could pull the upset. Just, this game just has fireworks running all
3: over. Like, I'm going to assume, let's just get this away. way. I'm going to assume Mahomes is playing. I think Mahomes is going to play. Yeah, like, I, He's already doing light work when it comes to practice. I'm pretty sure he's going to play, barring some dramatic setback. So you put Mahomes there, and it's just, I think, I think one thing you're hearing about this week is how the Bills haven't really played their best game yet in the playoffs, which is, I think, a great point. Like they've sputtered a little bit offensively. Yeah, they put numbers against the Colts, but I thought there were times where they weren't quite clicking, and then obviously they didn't click against Baltimore. You know, weather was a factor as well. I think it's time. Like, this has to be the week where everything has to come together.
2: Well, you know? it should because then your season's over if it doesn't. Because well, you can't. You but can't this is a matchup where you have to be able to put up 30 minimum. That's the thing. Yeah. Like, you have to show up in this game or else it's quiet for you. Yeah. You can't get into, like, ah, you know, we, you can't get them next week and you can't no, but i'm talking about there's no margin for error that's what can't i'm saying yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, if you didn't fucking cut me off i'd get so, to it <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm very i I'm get into it. <laughs> no dude but think about it right like the chiefs you can't afford to like not go for it on a fourth and one and not get it or settle for field goals right, like you better be you can't miss digs by 20 yards and shit. awesome
3: point about not selling for field goals i couldn't agree more with that you
2: can not against this yeah. team bro fuck that
3: and I, another excellent point you made about missing digs because i thought josh allen like first half i feel like every throw over 20 yards he missed them by like at least five yards like there was some bad overthrows and look people want to mention the wind we weren't there maybe played a factor but look considering the level josh allen's been playing at we're gonna put you know we're gonna have high expectations for him and when he starts missing throws and another uh, this is another game similar to colts where there was a play where he didn't secure the ball well enough under pressure and he got stripped by i believe it was matthew judon and they were fortunate once again. Then it wasn't a turnover? Bill's offense lineman covered it. Like one turnover in this game by either offense could drastically shift the game because you just know both these offenses are more likely than not gonna deliver.
2: Who do you think is the best offensive player in this game? Wow.
3: What a That's fucking question, like, huh? Like to me, the most terrifying one's Tyreek Hill. Like Tyreek Hill's arguably the most terrifying offensive player in the league. Best. I'm gonna go Travis Kelsey.
2: I wanted to say
3: Diggs. I wanted to say Diggs too, because I legitimately think I
2: think the way Diggs is playing right now and what he's done for Allen, it might be him, bro. I think
3: besides Adams, Diggs is like the second best receiver in the league. Hmm. But like Kelsey, oh like dude, did you obviously everyone saw the touchdown, but like the way Kelsey made Denzel Ward, like he sat him down. Like some people were saying that was OPI. Kelsey never used his hands there. It was just a clean whip route. And just just the way Kelsey moves, 6'5, 250, he's just, I don't think there's ever been a better route runner at the tight end position. Like what he does is scary. I just think he's such a phenomenal player. But look, you can make a strong case for Hill. You can obviously make a huge case for Diggs, but I'm going to slightly lean Kelsey. Maybe placing the factor of him being the best player at his position. Like I wholeheartedly believe that. I think he's, I would pull over Kittle. But you know, is there really a wrong answer here? No, yeah. there isn't.
2: There isn't. It's like one of those things where, like, well, what's your case for Diggs? Though? I want to hear. Yeah. Well, I think I, w- I was making it in passing how what he means to Allen, how well he's played this year, career, and just the way he commands attention, just like the other guys do as well. And I think the reason ultimately why I give the slight edge to Diggs is because he don't have a Kelsey or a Hill Great point. opposite of him. Yeah. We're like look, Kelsey and Hill Kelsey's the number 1 tight end at his position. Mm-hmm. Hill is the number 4 wide receiver probably, top 5, top five yeah. right? So it's like all right, we 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 got to worry about Kelsey, but we can't forget about Hill and then the other way around. We're like with Diggs, I think Diggs is more might be more valuable to this offense oh there's no no doubt about that and I think
3: what's great about Diggs is just he is consistently productive even last week when the offense wasn't flowing he still had over 100 yards like he was still very active in that game whether it was Peters or Humphrey covering him like Diggs was doing his thing and I think we've always looked at Diggs like a top 10 talent but I didn't think he could be this good like he is like first class elite whatever you want to phrase it as like he is just just there's no st- containing him. Like he's gonna get his yards because he's just such a good route runner. He has such a good feel for space. Like he's exceptional player. I
2: think he has b- one of the best hands in the league as well. Mm-hmm. Like complete package as a wide receiver. Okay, so let me let me ask you this one before we wrap up this this breakdown. Which defense do you think shows up? Because I think both defenses, not exposed, but they could be had. Like oh, they could, could definitely be had. You can drive on them. Like, I think Buffalo is the more balanced one, but Kansas City
3: has the more game changers. Yeah. You look at, you look at Chris Jones, Tyron Matthew, Frank Clark. Clark. Yeah. Um, I think. Um, let, even Snead, bro. Yeah, Steve I was gonna mention him. Probably the best, like blitz, rookie corner. Yeah, when he comes off blitzes, uh, you see him past few games make an impact there.
2: And you know Sorensen, the random white safety that just makes yo, a player – He gets through. targeted all the time. Uh, yeah. yeah, because where else are you gonna throw? Also, <laughs>
3: like, it's crazy. But he's always,
2: yo, th- he's a ball hawk. He's always around the ball. Like I, I, I like watching in him the playoffs, him. particularly in the playoffs, he,
3: sta- he stands out. Yeah, but, uh, I think Buffalo is a more balanced defense, but Kansas City has those players like, like. Just the interception by Tyron Matthew, like he just couldn't have read Baker's eyes better. And just mm. the way he broke on the ball is perfect. Like he's completely revived his career because I thought he looked done in Houston. I was like, oh man, I think the injuries have caught up to him. And since coming to Kansas City, Matthew's looked like one of the best complete defensive players in the league.
2: I'm not sure where you're going with this game. Oh, I'm, I got to go Kansas City. Kansas City? I just, that offense, like, how can you pick against him right now? You know, this would be the time where I wish we had Dom and we had the, the proper setup and we could play that one Bills fan on the TV over here. Go Buffalo! <laughs> I'm going with the Bills, bro. I'm going with the Bills. Here's a good question. What team runs the ball more? wow what's the over under on handoffs <laughs> Ten and a half combined yeah i, 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 Excluding I was including the quarterbacks because you know the quarterbacks. oh switch. josh allen's getting like five keepers or yeah like power yeah, yeah.
3: sweeps uh i i would i don't know if he's gonna play but i would love to see edwards hilaire out there i think edwards hilaire is a very good talent it's unfortunate he's been out for various stages the second half of the season but i think if edwards hilaire plays he
2: could be a huge game changer yeah no i agree with you yeah because they're not really getting much else at running back. Like, Bell is just... He's phew. done, yeah. He's done, man. Yeah, you can't take a year off, bro. Yeah. Can't take a year off. I and think you're he, very passionate about Le'Veon Bell. Like, Whoever you mentioned... Me. That, like bro, you, get. I love Le'Veon Bell. I was a fan of his coming out of Michigan State. I remember I texted my buddy Nick from Rochester, and I text mm-hmm. Danny because they're both Steeler fans. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yo, this dude, I'm telling you, he's a fucking problem. Like, yeah, he's nice. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, it got to a point in, in Pittsburgh where, you know, both parties were were fucked up to each other Uh right like they didn't want to pay bell but then for you to elect to sit out a year which ultimately you lost money because you didn't get franchise, right Right. like you got franchise so you could play what 13 million i think it was 13 or 14 give or take and then you sit out a year you go to a situation where you kind of knew you were drawing dead (laughs) you just knew like you couldn't (laughs) look at that situation that was 100 percent a money grab man he was trying to make up for the lost year. Right. And he just hasn't been the same since he's left right. Pittsburgh. One final note I mentioned, I
3: wonder if Davis White's going to shadow Tyreek Hill. Oh. I, think that would, I, I don't think he shadows. I think it's kind of like Jair Alexander where he just stays at the left corner position and just whoever's there. But you know, that could be something to watch for. But I have to go Kansas City. I just think that offense, you know what you're getting with them. And well, Buffalo, their powerhouse and itself, um, They've, they've sputtered a little bit and i just think in a shootout how can you go against mahomes but it's gonna be a phenomenal game to yeah. me this is the best game that's why like, like i as, have it on later too yeah as cool as green bay tampa bay is i think those teams are they have their flaws in there i think Kansas
2: City, buffalo like this is kind of like in a way a super bowl yeah i'm gonna go with bills packers super bowl wow yeah Damn. that's a hard pick though that's one thousand percent a pick. If I had to invest money, I would go cheese powder. I love it. Man. Old just school. because I, I felt that way since like week yeah. nine. So Because I
3: think that you could it sounds crazy, but I think there's some similarities with Josh Allen and Aaron Rodgers. Hmm. Just the way like their I don't know, things like their throwing motion, their fearlessness. Like just the way Josh Allen just flicks some of his throws. Like 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 that touchdown Rodgers threw the Lazard, like that play action, like once he snaps it, it's like, Oh, he's got him. Like yeah. he just like Yeah. I was like, Man. But, oh, this is, to be, like, we were talking about this on Saturday. If These matchups happen, which they did. Like, everything materialized perfectly. Like, to me, this is the best conference championship matchups in a long time.
2: Like, Going these, into them. Yeah. These not are, knowing yeah, what yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. These are
3: two star-studded, very even matchups where you can make a compelling case for both teams.
2: Well, I mean, the, the point spread says that, too. That if yeah. both of these games were played on a neutral field, mm-hmm. it'd be a pick-em. Right. Which is usually what a three-point line indicates. And both of these lines here are three points. So... Yeah, man, it's going to be a banger. I'm excited. I know you're excited. Everyone listening is excited. It's going to be fun. Um, before we wrap up, speaking of the Super Bowl, uh, I launched. I mentioned it on the last podcast. So I'll mention it here. You'll be hearing it until we fill this up. Doing a Super Bowl box for the show, $25 a box. First quarter, you get a merch bundle. Any three items from the merch store, the merch store is theloyalist.com slash veterans minimum. It's about a 100 to $125 value, give or take. You could pick any three items that you want price does not matter halftime $250 third quarter you can get any five items from the merch store of of your choosing upwards of $150 plus in in value on what you buy and then the final game is going to be $500 if you hit the final score $500 and um the total pool would be $2,500 if we fill all this up I would be donating for every box $5 to the mental health foundation on behalf of the show and then the rest of the money is gonna go into the show man i want to get a new camera want to get some new stuff so it'd be like a sort of like a fundraiser but also a way to donate and to give some money back because yeah i think it'd be really cool i felt super inspired talking to carly macmillan last week as well and uh yeah man just dm us dm us at veterans minimum at the lame show and we'll get you set up we got about three weeks to fill this up so hopefully we could bang this out i already got about 10 boxes filled up which is pretty cool for members of the Patreon and some people in the Discord. So, yeah, that's that. Alan, where can they find you? Alan underscore Stirk. That's A double E N underscore S T R K. While we're here, so I don't do it later, let me just pull this up. Patreon. Shouts to the members of the Patreon. Uh, we got some names here. So, we got Nick Chavez. We got Ryan Pisner. Bill's Mafia, Alan. Oh, he's Ryan, out here. Ryan fucking Pisner, baby. Corey Johnson Hoops, Derek Pleaties, Christopher Velasquez, we got Mike Wozniak, we got Jake Powers, who Jake slid into my DMs. And I was like, yo, is this Jake Powers on Patreon? He's like, yeah, brother, brother. And I was like, oh, shit. Uh, Daniel Gibson, Devin Rendon, and um, Corey Johnson Hoops. So, thank you all. Enjoy the weekend. Have some beers, we'll catch you guys next time. You think you got it, I got it for real. This
0: one for those they forget in my city. This one for those they forget. This dog of the leash and it's ready to kill. You think you got it, I got it for real. You think you got what I got? Uh.
1: You think you got it, I got it for real. You think you got what I got? Uh. This one for those they forget in my city. This dog off the leash and it's ready to kill
0: Homie, go finish your meal I'm coming for real, taking that food right off of your grill Nick, you
1: too ill, can't let it drop of me spill Clogging the lane, I'm feeling the strain I'm here for the spot to be filled Not to be cocky, but all of you watching while I'm in the cup paying property bills Got it. Got it.